Dennis Mulligan's second stint as a Toronto Maple Leaf comes to an end. And with that, let's bring in our TSN hockey analyst, Mike Johnson. Johnny, what's going on on a, on a beautiful Monday morning? Afternoon. I'll have like some crack research on Dryden Hunt. But before we get into the hockey, um, how's cruise life treating you? Like, what is going on? <laughs> was it a Disney cruise? Was it a carnival? Were you the no. youngest person by 40 years on the cruise entirely? <laughs> what? Like, what? My, and, like, like, listen, not to knock cruises, they're not for me. My parents swear by them. They've been on dozens. They love them, love them. They're my parents, Mikey. What like what is going on about the cruise life I, you're living? I don't understand why people don't like cruise. Like legitimately, you eat great, you drink for free, and there's a casino on board. There's tons of people, good music. It's a party every night. What's not to love? I don't understand all this hate that I'm getting about being a cruiser just because I'm a ripe 28-year-old man. Well, first of the rocking and the rolling of the seas, which is not for everyone, myself yeah. included. There's the cubbyhole size rooms, which are, I know you live a big, you know, extravagant lifestyle, so you probably have a big, massive room, but rooms are uber tiny. And, yeah. like, while you mention casino, like, having a card table there does not make a casino. Like, how big are these things? Like, I know they're, oh, like, I don't they're want to big. wait 30 minutes to do my, like, surfing thing for two seconds or wait in a tube ride like I'm at Wonderland. Like, this is not my ideal of relaxation. So, you know, I guess different strokes for different folks, but it obviously works for you. No, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, you go to you can bathe on the sun deck. There's theater shows. There's you know some other extravagant things you could do. And you're kind of traveling around the world. Like we ended up going to to Nassau in the Bahamas, Puerto Rico. It's the first time I've ever been there. Went to to Puerto Plata. It's the first time I went there. So you're also traveling the world as well and getting to see some other cultures, which is and something then what do you that, do? Uh, I always like, enjoy. But what about, like, is it a group activity? Like, you land in Nassau. Like, you got to jump on the team bus with a hundred other cruisers and no. go to what? Like, like how, how, how restrictive is the post, like, when you get off the boat activities? You can do whatever you want, honestly. Like, you can do, there are, like, excursions you can book. You can go swim with dolphins if you want to do that. There's, like, you know, you can yeah. jump on a Jeep and they can give you a tour. Or you could just go and kind of walk around the city grounds that you can find, you know, a local who can like, give you a tour. There's, like, walking tours you could do. Or you just kind of go walk, do some shopping on your own, or find a cab, and they can kind of bring you around almost like a chauffeur. You can do whatever you want, honestly. Once you get off the boat, it's fair game. They say you're off at whatever, 10 o'clock when you dock. Just make sure you're back on board at 5 because we're leaving with or without you. And between that time, it's kind of up to you. So you can do whatever whatever your heart desires. Or you can stay on the boat and, you know, keep, keep doing whatever right. you want to do. I'm 100% not sold, so go ahead. All right. So. All right. Well, are you sold on, on Dryden Hunt, I guess? We could use that as a transition in here because we yeah. just got the notification. Um, the Maple Leafs sent out uh, via Twitter and via um, a PR release that they have traded for Dryden Hunt with the Colorado Avalanche. Dennis Mulgan going the other way. Uh, so are you sold on, on Dryden Hunt being... Uh, somewhat of a, a useful piece here for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, I mean, do I, do I anticipate Dryden Hunt fitting in the top six, like the role Malgan was hoping to fill and having it go great and him lighting it up? No, of, of course I do not, because uh, it hasn't happened throughout other stops in his career. He's, he's been in multiple places. He's been, what, in Rangers for a while and Florida and Colorado. Now, he was a big scorer. There's no doubt about that back in – 
and Medicine Hat and Moose Jaw and the WHL Regina. Like he was a you know scored 58 goals his last year in yeah. junior, which is a big big number. But his biggest number in the NHL is six. So I mean, I think he's another guy. He brings energy. <clears throat> he's a skater. I guess what it offers to me, guys, is this is not a solution to your top six, but he's a more versatile player so that if he's not going to play in the top six, he can play elsewhere. And I guess maybe for Mulligan, if Mulligan wasn't going to play in the top six, I don't know if Sheldon Keefe would like him playing on the checking line or on the, on the fourth right. line or anything like that, whereas now Dryden Hunt can be more versatile. If he's not in the top six, he can be elsewhere and maybe be a contributor. But I think it would, it, more than anything, it, it, it highlights that there is a pretty gaping hole in the Leafs' top six that they have not yet filled. Kerfoot could do it. It's not in the past, but I think they like Kerfoot and Engvall and Cap together. It's been a pretty good, it's been a pretty good connection so far, so they don't want to break that up. They need another top six guy. It was supposed to be Nick Robertson. Not going to be him this year, uh, and that's an issue because they were hoping to fill that internally, and they haven't been able to. Yeah, so this may or may not fill that top six forward spot that we've been talking about for a long time now, MJ. Um, how pressing is that to you right now if you're Kyle Dubas between now, we obviously tonight at midnight we have that holiday trade freeze that goes into effect until the 28th of December, but post-28th December until the March 3rd trade deadline, where is that on your order of business to uh, to iron out if you're Kyle Dubas? It's, it's, it's probably it's probably tops. I'm not going to lie to you. It's probably yeah. ahead of a defenseman. You know, I've been clamoring for maybe even another centerman. There's one available. But, like, those are kind of luxury items, right? Like, you have other guys who can do that. You don't really have someone, as they've just evidenced by this transaction and what's happened so far this year. They don't have another guy that they think can play in the top six right now. And so right. I, I think it is it's imperative. Now, it's not urgent. You don't make a panic deal. They've just won whatever, 15 or what, 15 in a row without losing a game. So, like, they're very – they're doing quite fine just as is. But I think, like always, you're going to try to strengthen any perceived weakness, whatever, no matter how little that weakness may be. And right now I think that spot is a weakness that they need to address. So, um, yeah, I'm sure he's, he's trolling out there. Now, the good news is, not that they're easy to find, but a, a contributing top six winger might be the easiest thing to find in the league other than, like, a checking player. You know what I mean? Like, they will be around and they will be available. You can scan any team that's out of the playoffs, and it will, you know, you'll look at, you'll look at any expiring contract, and those guys will be available if you want them. So um, they can pluck any one of those guys. Uh, and if Vancouver, I don't know what he'll cost, but if Vancouver wants to sell their, you know, they trade Bo Horvat and go down that road, Luke Shen, like that Kuzmenko, yeah. who's just in his first year, is a, is a UFA. Because he signed yeah. so late and he's so old, like don't you, like imagine getting that guy, a guy like that, um, would really would like have a chance to fit in really well. So um, I think it's a pretty important for for Kyle Dubas, but doesn't have to jump right on it. But it'll be something he'll be monitoring for the next little while. Well, it does appear that uh, Yarncroft is is healthy. He's back in in a regular sweater, skating on that second line alongside Tavares and Marner. So mm -hmm. you think he ends up getting an opportunity? Because I thought before he went down to injury, he was starting to kind of heat up a little bit, and then unfortunately ended up missing a couple of weeks here. Hopefully, or potentially, he could end up heating up with these two and, and maybe make a run at that spot. What do you think? Yeah, and they'll give it a whirl. Absolutely. I mean, Yarncroke's been out, and they're going to give him a chance. Um, 
and he'll be a complimentary player. And maybe if it works well enough, they can kind of survive with him there. You know, it's a bit of a rotation. Sometimes it's Kerfoot and Yarncroke goes down. Sometimes it's Yarncroke and Kerfoot's on the third line. Like the 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 the, the versatility of those guys is their strength. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, Yarncroke's not a proven point producer in the NHL. He's he's generally been kind of a pretty consistent third line production, um, but not a lot more. So so we'll see. We'll see. But I, I, again, they'll they'll. Um, look into every internal option before they go chasing something through trade because it's just easier to do and the money's already allocated. Okay, MJ, let's switch gears. Uh, we were talking before the show, AB and producer Steph and I, about uh, about Austin Matthews. Gets his 16th goal of the season in Saturday's loss to Washington, which puts him now at 16 goals through uh, his first uh, 32 games. He's 12 back of Connor McDavid in the Rocket Richard mm-hmm. race. McDavid on pace, of course, for more than 70 goals. you got to figure he may slow down a little bit. Although you never right. know. He's the best player in the world. What's your level of optimism that that Matthews can get back into this race and and uh, restore his uh, you know his voyage toward a third straight rocket? Um, not as high as it was last year, I guess. I don't know. I mean, last year the slow start was a little bit the wrist and the lack of training. It's kind of easier to explain away. Um, also, the way that the league was working and the way the Leafs the, the Leafs were the best off or one of the best offensive teams in the league. They're not one of the best offensive teams in the league. They're almost similar to last year, but so many other teams have had an uptick in the amount of production. So if you say Conor McDavid's going to score, I don't know, let's just go round number 60 goals. Now that would be massive, but I don't even know. 60 goals. So McDavid needs, or Matthews would need 44 in the last 50 games. Now we know we busted off 50 and 50 last year over the course of a 52, 53 games run. But that was, again, historical, has not been done in, in forever. So is he going to do that again on this team this year? I'm guessing not. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, he might have a chance to run and push it close to 50, which would require, what, 34 goals in 50 yes. games? That seems doable. But I think that there's going to be, you know, a half dozen guys that push upwards of 50 goals this year. So getting to 50 is not going to win him the rocket. I'm not super concerned about him and his game and all that. I just don't think given that we're 40% of the way into the season, um, that he's going to be able to make up that amount on this year's league team. Because this team is different. It's just not the same overwhelmingly offensive team relative to everyone else um, like they were last year. Yeah, I think that there's just more of a considered effort to, to play a full tour for game. Not that he's risking offense for defense but he's not cheating anymore and he seems like he's willing to play more of that defensive more of a complimentary game and the goals are going to come for austin matthews we're not worried about matthews and, and the quote lack of goals that he's had over the course of the season compared to where we expected him to have but i'm curious if you think that now you know marner streak is 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 done that's over the point streak is done and that's over at what point do you think Sheldon Keefe thinks about maybe reuniting Marner and Matthews back together? Hmm. Are these pairs kind of just status quo for now? They lose to Tampa. You know, you know, I, I think. Yeah. 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 I think so. I think so. Because uh, I, I think they're always going to get back there, right? Yeah. Like I think they preferably would always get back to it. You could never do anything when Mitch was playing the way he was, and the team was never losing. Like, well, why would you ever change? But I think 
you know, if they lose a third in a row, um, it's a good reason to, to to switch it up. And, you know, that's how teams work. You know, you, you go on hot runs, you things stay the same, then you cool off and things change. Uh, so, but with all the interchangeable parts, um, you know, with Jaron Krogh coming in and out and everything else, yeah, I think if they were to lose to Tampa tomorrow, which is, I don't know, Mike, you got the line. I guess they're the favorite, probably the betting favorite, but probably shouldn't be. Tampa's won five in a row and playing really well. Um, yeah, I, I could see them going there, and, and I imagine it will work really well as it has all the time. So, um, yeah, I'm sure it's something in his back pocket that he's considering. But, yeah, one more loss, and they probably get there. MJ, we saw in the, in the loss to Washington – a concerted effort by the Capitals to, to, to hit a lot, to hit the, specifically hit the Maple Leafs defenseman and disrupt the mm-hmm. breakout as much as possible. Obviously, we saw Ovi put Connor Timmons into the bench, which was uh, the most resounding body check of the evening, but it wasn't the only one. Uh, what did you make of that and the fact that the Maple Leafs didn't, you know, you know as opposed to during that 15-game stretch where they did not uh, lose a game in regulation, they were not clean, uh, cleanly getting out of their zone mm-hmm. uh, as often and as efficiently as they had been uh, coming coming into that game. Yeah, and I think that was a spillover from the Ranger game as well because the Ranger game was very much the same. Like it just wasn't as clean moving the puck up the ice. Um, well, I'm glad Dave you didn't say, "Well, why didn't they hit back?" Because like, like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. they, they, you hit when you hit, and you hit when you are a player who hits. And every team will go in the same way when I played against Detroit in 2002, we said hit Lidstrom all the time, get physical in the forecheck. You try. Like, that's the game plan against every good team. That's a game plan against Toronto. They want to pass the puck. They want to make plays. They want to get it off the boards to the middle of the ice. Well, part of trying to defend that is to be physical. So that's nothing new. Um, I give the Rangers in Washington credit for being capable and committed enough to doing it. And, you know, I think the Leafs, weren't on top of their game in New York. They weren't on top of their game in Washington, especially in the first period. Second was pretty good. Third, maybe not as much. But, um, you know, I, I think it's more Toronto just didn't execute. Toronto knows this. Bucks are going to come in. You know, they understand the forechecking systems. They know where the pressure points are coming from. The question is, can you get back there quick enough, pull it off the wall, find your spot, make the read, and make the pass? And when you do, you want guys to try to hit you because then they're running out of the position. Then you got them coming – downhill and you're going the other way and you have a chance to beat them back up the ice you have no problem with teams getting physical with you if you can execute they just weren't able to execute and i think some of that is just the um sobering post streaking reality of the team you know what i mean like a, a bit of an emotional letdown after the ranger loss after mitch's thing was broken up like i just think you know it's just one of those you know teams take a breath and they, they just haven't been quite as good the last couple of games in conversation with Mike Johnson, our TSN hockey analyst, um, a guy who uh, I guess over the course of my vacation when I left, Connor Timmons was you know he was playing some games. He finally got back in the lineup. I come back home and I look it up. The guy's got six points in his last like six games. He's on a three-game point streak. Had three helpers in Anaheim. Uh, mm-hmm. You know how 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 are you liking what Connor Timmons has been able to bring to the lineup since entering a couple weeks ago? Well, given where he's coming from and the amount of hockey he's played, you have to be impressed, right? Like, he's basically gone three, four years without playing a normal season. So his development is so stalled. He wasn't playing in Arizona, guys. So you have to manage expectations. You're not playing for the Coyotes. Then, you know, you understand where you fit on their depth chart. So you see what he's good at. And I think this is where what, we've, what the Leafs have seen so far would be would be really positive because he's, he's good at passing the puck and he's not 
afraid to make plays. And I think that is almost a foundational piece to most NHL defensemen. If you can pass the puck, like if you can handle pressure and pass pucks, then you have a chance to be a good player. Um, you know, I, I think processing things in his own end, he's not perfect, but he shouldn't be. He's still figuring it out, and, he, and he's just, you know, he's, he's still trying to get that part of his game um, to the level he, it needs to be. Uh, so I'm not going to get carried away, but he's got six points in six games. Really good. He, he sliced and diced Anaheim. Pretty good, too. But, um, you know, you'll see some times where he, you know, misses assignment or, the, you know, doesn't read it quite right, and that is concerning, and maybe that cleans up with time. But the passing, I like, Mike, and I like the fact that they acknowledge that he's a project. It's a couple-year thing that they'll, they'll try to coach him up and see what he can become. But I'll take my chances on anyone who can skate well enough and pass and see the ice. Those are the kind of guys I want to try to make into better, more rounded players. Well, speaking of trying to make things better, MJ, the Maple Leafs power play, six mm-hmm. for its last 39, 0 for its last eight, and Sheldon Keefe isn't, isn't resting. He's, he's exploring other options, and, of course, Saturday night he tried one with the, uh, perver- you know, the five forwards uh, on the power play at once, nearly got scored on shorthanded by Washington, didn't happen, and then he went away from it beyond that in the game. What do you make of this, and, and do you think this is the answer to a power play that led the league last year uh, mm-hmm. and is now down to 13th this season? So, one, I think it's probably something we're going to see more of, not just in Toronto but around the league, right? Like, there was always a mm-hmm. bit of a hesitation when power plays went from two defensemen to one. Now, if there's two defensemen on the power play, you're wondering what's wrong. Like, where's all the forwards? Yeah. Like, where's everybody else? So, I, I think if there's an inevitable transition there, and you're balancing – as they have shown so far, power plays with one defenseman generate way more shots, chances, goals than power plays with two defensemen. Now, they may give up the odd more chance against or a goal against, but that doesn't matter because on aggregate, you're creating more and scoring more, and that's what you're trying to do over 82 games. Now, if I have a power play with three minutes left in the game, we're winning by one, I'm going to put two defensemen out there. So it's going to be a little bit situational, but I don't mind it. Like, you have a lot of good forwards, so why not try to take advantage of that? Um... So and, and it's not like the guy they're taking off the point is a traditional booming power play quarterback with some sort of big shot. Like They don't have anyone like that on their team. They don't have any big shot from the point kind of players. So it's like more puck distributors, which you would probably trust whoever we want to put up there, Mitch Marner or William Nylander. Like they can pass it around as well as Sandine or anybody. So I, I, I'm totally on board with it. I, not surprising. The biggest surprise to me, though, guys, and I, like I, the game against Washington, right? So it's a bit of a rush play. Mitch Marner's a little bit tired. Maybe that has something to do with it. But he, like, he like slides to make a play. And I'm, like, wondering, why would you slide there? Like, you know, yeah. I, think, I think forwards, when there are no other defensemen on the ice, they start playing things differently than they play them at five-on-five. <laughs> five. Like, if Mitch Marner goes down in his own end, he's not sliding around trying to block passes. He just goes and plays. Like, I think you almost yes. just have to get out of your head that somehow, you know, we're five forwards. We're scrambling. Here we go. And it, it gets a little crazy. Just play it straight up normally, and you'll be fine, which I think maybe will come in time. But um, I have no problem with it. And, and, and uh, do what you want. Experiment how you want until Morgan Riley gets back. And, and then when Morgan gets back, which I, I know he hasn't been on the ice of the team, so it's not imminent, but it's got to be. It was four to six weeks, right? Like, hasn't it been? Yeah, it's coming up about that gone? time. So, you know, yeah, he's going to be skating on his own. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, you know, you can experiment for a couple of weeks. And, and the reality is, guys, like, you know, as I prep for all these games, it used to be 
a good power play would be one that was over 20%. And there weren't that many of them. And then if you got one to 25, you're like, okay, this, this, is, this is legit. One of the best in the league. Now I'm going through, I'm prepping. Every other team has a power play that's 23%. That's why the Leafs are middle of the pack, because the entire league is so much better on the power play this year for a variety of reasons we don't have time to get into. But it's important that the Leafs are good there during the regular season. They need the power play to produce goals for them because it is an area where they are falling behind other top-end teams. Yeah, it was a big reason why they were, you know, put up, what, 115 points uh, a year ago. Mm-hmm. All right, Johnny, yeah. actually, before I let you go, I did my best Mike Johnson TMZ side hustle gig Uh-oh. yesterday. Yeah. Ran into John Hamm at JFK I'm gonna, on a connecting floor. Wow. Johnny no Hamm. way. I, I totally missed opportunity, too. He just said hi. He's a total hockey guy. He's a hockey I, nut. He's a he's a big blues fan, right? And I was yeah. going to ask him, hey, what do you think the the going rate would be for Ryan O'Reilly potentially to come to Toronto? I was going to try and have a little conversation, but it was one of those things where I was sitting down at the at the airport lounge bar, and he walked past, and I was kind of looking at him. And I'm like, oh, I know that guy from somewhere. And then by the time I clued in, he was kind of already down the hallway a little bit. I wasn't going to go chasing after him, but yeah, John Hamm was at JFK yesterday. You could tip off I love your, it. your TMZ compadres. I love it. Although it's always a weird thing, like you, like because you know they don't really want to talk to you, right? No, not, not you, but like, they don't talk to anyone. <laughs> They're traveling. They don't want, like you know. It's always a weird dynamic when you see a celebrity in a place like that. Yeah, like, I remember I was at the airport, wherever it was. I don't know whichever one. And I was sitting beside like Josh Duhamel, who's like you know, fame, yeah. relatively famous actor, really super good looking dude, and and he like we're like in like the four pack of chairs, sitting at each other, like staring at each other, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> he knows I know who he is, and I'm like, and I and I've actually had breakfast beside him in Bahamas before, so I could have like said, hey, I saw you, whatever, but I'm like, I can't do it, like I can't say, yeah, I don't but, bug you, I can't I mean, do Johnny, it. Johnny, the thing is, you're also like a celebrity, right? Like you're you're a pro athlete. I think you have a little bit, you got that credibility where you could, you know reason with somebody and have those conversations i am a stooge and i can't really do that <laughs> mikey just... you're the captain of the carnival cruise line what are you talking about you do whatever you want <laughs> uh, mj ab well? sell himself short mj he got upgraded into the pods on the flight home he was in the yacht club which is ex- yeah, an nice. exclusive part of the ship on the high seas mj he's selling himself wow. short he always does it was a nice Big nice timer trip. It was a nice trip, I'll say that. It was a very, very nice trip, and this was a very, very nice chat, as per usual, MJ. Uh, well, I guess we won't talk next Monday, because I don't think we have a show. I believe that'll be Boxing Day, but we'll chat again uh, sometime next week, and if I don't speak to you again, uh, have uh, a very Merry Christmas with you and the family. All right, you guys too, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and uh, we'll talk soon from Halifax, I guess, next time I'll be talking to you. Oh, are you doing the juniors? Oh, yes, my friend. I will be in there the entirety. You'll be hearing my voice for all the Canadian games as this super team. Gord Miller was telling me they might be the most talented team in decades. Wow. So I don't know what that means. I haven't been around that long, but apparently they're stacked. So, yeah, I'm heading out there on Christmas Day as well. Love it. Love it. Well, we'll catch up with you again uh, then. And until then, safe flight out there, and uh, we'll chat again soon. All right, guys. Have a great day. There he goes, Mike Johnson, TSN hockey analyst and also a part-time TMZ guy, as we found out 